Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in to AORPRA Weekly Law Practice Management Radio. AORPRA is a national law practice management agency headquartered in Chicago, Illinois, and serving greater Chicago, Los Angeles, New York, and Washington, D.C. The AORPRA team helps law firms and business patrons spend more time serving their clients by professionally managing the law firm and business's production and promotional activities. The AORPRA production division called Pleading Drafter focuses on law firm attorney and staff placement, law practice management audits, billing audits, courier, and process services, as well as the eBay store, through which we sell our law firm clients gently used office equipment. The ALRPRA promotion division, called Law Publicist, focuses on law firm marketing, branding, and image consulting, as well as the traditional public relations functions, including monthly communication services, such as copywriting for your law firm blog, newsletter, social media, as well as article publishing in your target market. Team ALRPRA uses this radio show to promote relevant law practice management guests. We also offer free monthly social media conference calls with tips and trends. We have a monthly e-zine called The Law Publicist on Point, featuring law practice management articles and resources. We are always looking for great content and advertisers for the On Point. Today is Thursday, April 29th, and I am your host, Nick Augustine. Today's show is the first in a quarterly series on law practice management trends. We use this opportunity to discuss items that we've recently read, experienced, and published information regarding law practice management trends from big law firms uh, on down to solo practitioners. Today's show is titled Seven Trends. It will be a quarterly show, and it is part of the Keep Reading and Learning blog series. We have contributing authors as well as internal staff writers who help you with the law firm trends and information to uh, share in maximizing your law practice management needs. Before we begin today, I'd like to appreciate the opportunity to remind you that we broadcast every Thursday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central, which is also 4 p.m. Eastern and 1 p.m. Pacific. We do have a great show for you this afternoon, and we'll open up for callers um, usually after 30 minutes um, today if you want to call in because we're going to keep this show a little shorter um, because we don't have a guest because it's an internal show. So feel free to call in at any time, actually. And the telephone number is area code 917 889-9732, and you can press option 1 to be placed in the caller queue. That telephone number, again, is area code 917-889-9732, and press 1 to be placed in the caller queue. Uh, feel free also to send your questions to info, I-N-F-O, at A-L-R-P-R-A dot com. There's also additional information and links to all of our uh, communication channels and other sites uh, located on our website, alrpra.com. So to get started today, um, and I will tell you that most of the information that I'll be discussing is available on our, our blog uh, hosted through WordPress, which is available from the main site. So um, to the extent people don't have time always to read some of those blogs, uh, we take the opportunity once a quarter, we will be, to bring you uh, a nutshell version of uh, some of the information that we are working on and sharing with our clients. Um, again, we're very busy with the idea of trending in which we attend um, meetings with different associations in and around Chicagoland um, and uh, primarily a lot of loop organizations uh, that are uh, serving a lot of large law firms. And we're taking the information and the trends that we're learning on what they're doing and 
really bringing it to everyone else's doorstep. So we're a bit of a liaison in that sense. So again, our clients uh, do get uh, reports of this information, and we uh, will also share um, a 30,000-foot view of same on our blog. So uh, going forth today, we're going to first start about talk about virtual staffing and staffing choices and the article uh, that we're referring to in that sense uh, is, was the first article as a part of the Keep Reading and Learning series called Lawyers as Employers. Um, and the gist of the trend these days, with so many individuals coming out of larger firms and going out on their own, it's very common for an individual to work as a solo uh, practicing attorney for uh, several, you know, a good amount of time um, until they realize that it's time to expand because the clients are, are coming in quicker than the attorney can keep up. So uh, there are several considerations that we suggest people take a look at uh, when making some steps in staffing. And uh, our blog article was based and inspired by um, the Illinois Bar Journal article by Helen Gunnarsson um, talking about uh, lawyers as employers and some of the issues. Um, so some of our thoughts were, first, what are your work habits? Um, take a look at those and really think, are you the rainmaker or um, are you the, you know, the get work done person? You know, what, type of, what type of lawyer are you? What type of work habits do you have? Because uh, you may want to uh, you know, hire a staff person or you know, an assistant based on what types of things you're comfortable doing and what you're used to delegating. So uh, again, if you need to see your eyes on everything, you, you, know, you might want to you know, consider that because there really is a large variety of options when considering staffing to, to help the law firm. So whether it be uh, someone to open mail and do docketing and answer the phone and set appointments, or that's a paralegal who is uh, you know, getting into the cases and you know, working a lot of the files, maybe it's an associate who is doing all the legal drafting and um, you know, working on discovery and things of that nature. Uh, you know, so you, there are all sorts of options. You have people who have you know, a wide variety of client contact or you have people that the clients will not talk to because they're behind, um, you know, behind the wall. So uh, all sorts of different options. So really it's, it's important as an attorney to think about what type of work habits you already have. Um, you know, we know what type of people we are and how we work, uh, work out well. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's a difficult uh, experience. For example, I know that myself in using law clerks and staff, um, underestimated the amount of time it really takes to direct and, and uh, control the, the projects and what your staff's doing. Um, so especially where there are expectations um, behind those work situations, it's good to, to really consider ahead of time what you'll realistically be able to get done. Get done. So uh, another, another question that we look at is whether your employee is going to be a revenue generating individual um, or simply help get the work done. So. Uh, again, if you have a revenue generating uh, you know, in, individual, maybe it's a paralegal, a law clerk, or an attorney that you're billing out at a higher rate, um, it's, you know, those are things to think, of, think about, uh, you know, how much you're going to bill for their work. Um, are you giving away you know, all of your billable work at your higher hourly rate to someone who's going to bring in less revenue? Um, you know, or do you, do you need to do that just to get the work done and, and uh, you know, meet demands? I mean, you know, a, lot of the, uh, a lot of our courts are cracking down on discovery that's been out forever, and um, motions to compel are flying, and people want to get the discovery done. So it's good to get someone in there to do it. Um, you just have to be smart about you know, what you're doing. Another thing to think about when making a staffing decision is what type of brand you're currently uh, operating. What is your law firm's brand? Do you want 
um, if you're the law firm that's mean and uh, nasty guys who get the job done and, and everyone's afraid of you, that's one thing. If you're uh, you know, a flowery attorney, I mean, these are all different types of styles of practice. Um, some people want someone who's very similar to them. Other people want the yin to their yang. So that's another thing to think about. Um, and fourthly, long-term growth plans are, are very important, and it's worth it to sit down and decide whether you're going to just take on one employee or continue to grow beyond that. So yeah, these are, again, things that we discussed in a, in a recent uh, blog article. But additionally, virtual staffing is something that's happening more and more often today um, through the advance of some technology and, and virtual private networks and um, online servers. Um, a lot of the problems that many attorneys had with security are being taken care of by IT professionals. and. Nowadays, it's quite easy to have someone working from a different location and be able to get work done. So, again, that's something you should look at in terms of, you know, looking over someone's shoulder. Um, there's a trust factor there too, um, but again, it's just getting it set up. And, and we do that is one of the things that we've done is set people up with virtual um, paralegals and such. Um, and those who have done that so far have um, experienced good results and are quite happy. So. Virtual staffing, staffing choices. There are things to think about. It's not as easy as just hiring someone um, because we all have all, I'm sure, heard of stories where that doesn't work. And um, it really is the fault of management um, and, and as the attorney, as the manager, and the owner of the business. Uh, you know, these are things to, you know, there are many things to think about. So um, we'd recommend to take a look at the article uh, in the recent, well, the March edition of the Illinois Bar Journal by Helen Gunnarsson uh, and take a look at our blog uh, article as well. The next thing I want to talk about is online presence and offline icing. Really quick, what I mean by that is your online presence and our article I'm referring to is the what does it mean to be on the map blog article. Um, so online presence is important, but then offline icing is something that we I like to tell people that now that so many people are sending communications electronically, there is a lack of mail going into the mailbox, and people still like to see uh, pleasant mail and you know, postcard reminders and little hello, how are you, or a client gift, or you know some sort of you know, something in the mail that you know is representative of your firm, reminds you that you're out there. Maybe it's only a quarterly thing, but you know, we do a lot of that with our clients um, who where the main bulk of their information and the call to action is usually doing some online work, whether that be our online newsletters, blogs, or social media uh, to, to share the blogs and the, the website and the articles that are written by the firm. So um, online presence. And what does it mean to be on the map? Um, something I want to mention uh, on point is that there is a real consumer expectation that people be on the map, so to speak. So when an example being if a new product comes out, let's say Apple's got the iPad now. Well, everybody went online and went to YouTube to look at what the iPad looks like, how does it work. They read consumer reviews of all the people who loved the iPad, hate the iPad. You know, whatever you think about the iPad, there's a plethora of information that's out there on the iPad. So as consumers are, you know, expecting to go and look at the product, see what's going on, and then maybe go into a store, pick it up, touch it, feel it, see if it's you know, that is a good size for your briefcase or whatnot. Um, but, but, but tell you, before they're in the store, in that Apple store, they have, you know, exhausted the resources online. You better believe they're looking for blogs, they're looking for social media posts um, with what people think of it, um, and they're also looking for, you know, websites, YouTube videos, product demos. And, you know, when I first started suggesting that this is relevant to, um, 
you know, to our law firms, the initial reaction is that, well, you know, a law firm is a professional group and it's you don't shop for attorneys the same way you shop for iPhones. But the reality is that the consumer buying trends are what they are and whether you think that they're you know, on in line to uh, be looking online to find out about a potential law, lawyer they're going to hire. Whether you think that's right or wrong, it's it's how it's how it's happening. So, and it's not only the legal profession. This is the same for doctors, HMOs, chiropractors, anyone who's a product, or, you know, selling products or services. There's an expectation that people are on the map. So, a good example of of this in use is if somebody asks me for an attorney referral and I give them a name, I expect that the person I'm giving that referral to, to be able to go and Google that lawyer's name and maybe the town that they're in, and they should be able to pull up a website, a blog, um, a social media you know, outlet, whether it be Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn, something. I mean, have something there. Um, you know, and again, all of these things should be on the website. If your website isn't linking all of the other communication channels, people have no way to get to it. And they're not going to take the time to pick around and surf around. It needs to be right there easily identifiable. Um, and we're talking about map listings also so people can see exactly where you are. They can click for directions. Um, you know, we help a lot of clients you know, sort through what it means to be on the map and how to get, how to get on the map and get it done. Um, you know, a lot of this is search engine optimization is also a big part of this discussion because the more you're on the map and the more you have a presence online, the better the search engine crawlers can find you and see that you have new content and um, you know we'll, your your page rank will will go up from there. So um, again, it's that's all part of the puzzle because search engine marketing and pay-per-click advertising is also important. Um, and we again talk about it like a diversified stock portfolio. So being on the map and online presence is certainly a trend that we're seeing um, throughout all law firms. It's being discussed in the big firms, and uh, it's interesting to watch because the big firms are often. Um, not the first to take risks and in jumping into new marketing plans and new ways, although there are some very progressive large law firms um, just due to the size of these organizations it 's a little tough to um, just try something and see how it works and that 's really not um, you know, so again, a lot of you know, all firms across the board are are you know increasing their online presence and, and their map listings and such um, so that 's something that we can talk to you about as well, and please do see our, our blog article on what does it mean to be on the map. And let me also take this opportunity to mention that on that blog you can comment um, there as well with your thoughts, and, and we uh, encourage active commenting and information sharing. Um, if it weren't for, for sharing free information, um, you know, very few of us would be where we are today. So the next thing I want to talk about is value billing. This is a big hot trend and item right now. And we have our April 2nd value billing and big firm viability blog is what we are talking there. And the title, I suppose, is a little bit shocking that big firms are working on value. And then it says, your practice is viable 10 years out. And we're really not kidding with this. Um, there is an increased expectation of value billing, you know, first with commercial uh, law firm clients, also with retail uh, clients as well. But on the commercial end, you know the way that I t have you know talked about this before is the Trump Tower that that was built. Um, if if a contractor can tell you the price on the Trump Tower down to the penny and get over or under budget, there's no reason that a law firm shouldn't be able to do something similar with certain transactional or uh, common occurring uh, services that that law firm provides. 
so uh, you know just, just like a real estate attorney knows what the price is for a clothing um, an IP firm should be able to determine the price for a trademark search um, you know a qualified domestic relations order should be a set price uh, a lot of things should be set priced because there's an expectation of set prices and when you're talking with the people in the corporations who are hiring law firms for different transactional work on the business end, um, they're better able to make a decision and choose a law firm and have a good working relationship if they know what it's going to cost up front. Um, a lot of people are afraid of hourly billing, and a lot of consumers are starting to learn that, well, this firm does set prices. What does your firm do? And if your firm has, you know, doesn't have anything like that, um, you know, it could be a problem, and it could cause someone to go to somebody else who is doing that. So, you know, it really is a good thing on all levels too, because attorney is happy; they're not worried about giving a bill to a client that's too large, because the client can expect what it's going to be. Um, when you know what the budget's going to be, you can work out, you know, a payment option or payment plans if you want to do that in advance. Um, it's it's good from the from an ARDC perspective or from a um, you know, malpractice perspective because really there's, when there's a meeting of the minds up front and you budget for costs and fees, um, it's, it's a good thing. Uh, the time element is really just, you know, pricing is the hardest thing. And, um, you know, I've experienced that personally. It's really tough to try to ballpark, you know, uh, certain items because you don't know because there could be so many, you know, lit especially in litigation, for example, um, how long does it take sometimes just to get a complaint at issue? Um, so when there are multiple attorneys involved, there are you know that that becomes more difficult. So I'm not saying that value billing is and value pricing is is you know going to be the standard for everything, but it's certainly something that um, you know firms are going to be looking at more in the future. So uh, go ahead and take a look at our April 2nd blog on big firm uh, value. So that's going to be a series. We're going to have more coming from that um, as more come from more information comes from big firm on down. We'll be sharing it with you. So. Um, I've sort of skipped over our consumer buying trends and expectations. I'm going to bounce back to that a little bit. Um, that's our fourth item today, our consumer trends and expectations. Um, you know, again, our blog article, you know, it's interesting. We get our intel from all sorts of different, you know, places. And um, our marketing consultant, uh, Mr. John Augustine, uh, is the one who forwarded a recent email that he works, uh, you know, for our company, but also his background is, um, radio and media advertising. Um, he sent me an article uh, regarding high-end boat sales, um, one of his clients being a boat dealership. Now, you, you look at uh, how people were buying boats years past, and, and it was you know, based on you know, you know, the common uh, you know, idea that people buy based on emotion and justify with logic, logic and ration later. Well, in a down economy and after people have lost a lot of their uh, you know, savings and income, uh, in, in assets during the recession, there's, that's just not the buying trend right now. So again, people are not looking to be pitched, um, you know. And there's, there's something about just the internet psychology, generally, that you know the internet was set up to be a free, you know, channel of information, and information, commerce, sales, and you know, people really, it's like being in your home. You don't want to be pitched, you know, in an email. You don't want to be pitched all the time. Um, by anybody, you know, whether it's a telemarketer calling or it's, it's law firm advertising. So, again, instead of saying, we're the best, we're the best, look at us, um, you know, which that used to, reputation alone used to get people in the door. And I'm not saying that doesn't still now, but um, I really think that law firms need to increase their track record and show their track record. Now, um, I know that, 
you know someone we're working with right now um, has a very you know publishes many of their uh, cases um, you know during with different uh, marketing communications that they send out. Um, and that's really that's something that people like to see. They like to see what types of cases you worked on. Like give people an example because the end consumer who's looking to hire a law firm doesn't necessarily know um, who's good and who's. They don't know what to look for. So, but the more you give them and the more the honest, the more honesty that comes from the law firm, the better chances the person's going to feel good about hiring that firm. So, again, uh, please see our April 24th article on consumer buying trends and expectations. Uh, our next uh, topic is, is reorganizing existing marketing efforts, um, and I'll, I'll let you know that we're trying to keep this to a half an hour today, so we're going to kind of fly through this. Um, so again, reorganizing some existing market e marketing efforts is an important thing. Um, we have a January 28th independent proprietary research article. Um, what we often tell people is that it's all about diversification in your uh, marketing uh, concept and your marketing strategy. What we do with new clients we don't know yet, um, we're sitting down for the first time, we look at what the marketing budget has allocated for in the past, what types of activities have gone on, whether it just be um, whether it be telephone, you know, book advertising or, or you know, some radio advertising or billboard or you know, however people were advertising, the print media is, is really what's um, you know, taking a dive and everyone's put a lot of their marketing budgets online. However, no one seems to know exactly how or what to do with an online marketing budget because there is so many options uh, you know, right now in, in today's day. And I'll tell you, there are so many companies out there and vendors who are selling, you know, everything seems to come with a website, but you don't know if that's a website that you own the domain for or, you know, do you give them the content? Or maybe you're filling out a form sending that to this vendor and then they're putting up a website that you're not really what you want. Um, you know, you know, how is that website working for SEO purposes? There are all sorts of things to to consider. And I know that when we shop for and we hire vendors at ALRPRA, uh, one of the things that you know we often find is that there are people out there who will tell you just about anything um, and that you can all be on the first page of the search results. Well I just don't believe that that's true. <laughs> so it takes multiple efforts. I don't believe that any one thing is going to um, put everybody on the first page short of, I suppose, you know, spending a cost prohibitive amount of money on pay-per-click advertising and outbidding everyone in the world. I suppose that's a possibility. But um, really it's a it should be a diversified uh, marketing strategy. So we look at our active marketing. You know, for ALRPRA, we do a lot of active marketing. We talk to the people that clients already, our clients, our law firms that already have lists of customers, people they know. So um, we're doing a lot of direct outreach to them. So again, with blogs, newsletters, social media. I mean, every piece of it plays a little bit of a part. And um, you know, we also build these extra library sites for people um, to house some of their press and other articles. And it's interesting that there are times when I go through the Google Analytics reports, the different things that will pull up and, and, and post, and um, the different things that will catch uh, people's information or what will catch a search engine. For example, um, there are some sites that, that we use that will you know, have given us a lot of page hits from Israel. I don't know why. Um, maybe it's the eBay store. But uh, you know, certain things the search engine crawlers like. And I'll tell you, even the people at Google, do not know what you know what is happening from day to day because they're always changing those algorithms. So 
a uh, very few number of the people in the world know exactly, you know, what the trick. There is no trick, you know, to search engine marketing. There is no trick to search engine optimization. It's just, it's really, uh, there's no excuse. There's no excuse not to, um, and no substitute for a long day's work and putting in the time to have original content and. Um, you know, in different in a variety of listings, and you know, different you know, being on the map, as I was saying before. So um, again, a lot of the trends right now are for people to diversify their marketing strategies and have a little bit. You just think of a pie. You know, a certain a certain amount should be allocated reasonably to search engine marketing. A certain amount should be reasonably allocated to uh, you know, potential optimization. You know, direct contact. Event planning, you know, websites, uh, videos, a little, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You think about the more diversified you are, the better, the better chances you are that that one of those things is going to hit different people and, you know, and and get people to your website because really that's what we're doing here. We're getting people to your website so that they can see, you know, more, learn enough about you and like you enough to call you and find out if you can represent them or help them with their, uh, you know, either on, on the retail end or on the commercial, uh, you know, law firm client end. So. Again, it's uh, diversification, and our independent proprietary research, um, which is something that we're talking about in our blog article from uh, the 28th of January, is really more on the academic side. Um, and for some who don't know, um, my background before going to law school, uh, I was a communications uh, major at Marquette University, where I spent a lot of time researching in cognitive psychology and taking a lot of uh, psych courses. And I've always had a personal interest in in, in what makes people do things, you know, as far as, you know, motivation and cognition and sensation and perception. So um, I've enjoyed the opportunity to get back in the books a little bit um, and really learn what these impressions are worth. So, you know, when someone tells you that you spend X amount of money a month, you're going to get X impressions, what does that even mean? An impression just means someone sees it. It doesn't mean someone's necessarily clicking, you know. So, the statistically, you know, in looking at statistics, there are all sorts of ways to confuse people, and we're trying to iron it all out. And we've developed our, our formula SEO product, which is um, just a wonderful, you know, a, a grouping of um, different research on, you know, inter, inter, internet marketing and and what different things are, are available and out there, so we can help our clients better diversify. So, um, you know, please see that article as well. The next one we're going to talk about is law firm blogging, and the article there is the February 14th article, uh, Plant a Blog, Grow Your Firm. And one of the first things that I want to mention about blogging is the misconception of its use. Many people originally conceived of blogging as an opportunity for people to dump editorial comments and their opinions uh, on different things. And, uh, certain, you know, entertainment industry uh, people and celebrities, and a lot, of, you know, a lot of folks in Hollywood have um, helped us believe that blogs are, um, you know, just that. It's a, a, you know, a soapbox, if you will, for, uh, for those to, you know, vent and give their opinions and ideas and, you know, back and forth, and it just becomes self-serving and, and sort of a waste of people's time. Well, if you switch gears into uh, professional marketing and the, you know, the professional. Uh, industries such as law firms, uh, you know, blogs offer an excellent opportunity for people to share information and links to uh, sites and uh, different things. Now, I will say that there are two general types of blogs. There are consumer blogs and commercial blogs, and you know, those are my descriptions. Don't you know? That's not 
the library you know dictionary definition, but um, when I talk about commercial blogs, I'm thinking more about the guy who writes the blog for uh, you know cases that are coming out of the patent and trademark office. Um, here's the you know or the the trademark trial and appeal board. There's a blog out there that has all the recent cases and it's upkept very well. And a lot of people will go to that. It's a resource. Um, for things that are changing in the PTA or the TTAB. So, um, you know, that's one example. Um, you know, maybe there's something for, um, you, know, you know, other, you know, for other practice areas where there are blogs out there and just look for them. They're out there because if they have all the case updates and, you know, someone's gone to that level of, of work, um, you should be able to find those pretty easily. Um, we also keep sort of a database of, of good commercial law firm blogs. Um, and we do offer those to our clients. Um, the other blog I'm going to talk about is the retail blog. And a lot of people use ALRPRA for the retail blogging. And of course, we don't put our name on the bottom of it. So when we do blogs for our clients, we're essentially doing all the copywriting as ghostwriters. And it's in our agreement that you know we're not advertising our name on that because our, you know our, our advertising efforts are different. You know we use this radio show and word of mouth, and you know we're we're a boutique firm, so uh, it's a little bit different. So you know first I want to mention that because some people ask, you know, is it you know are you advertising yourself on the bottom of their uh, their? And you know the reason we don't do that is because we feel that it would detract from the credibility um, of our law firm clients who are who are very honestly trying to communicate certain things with their potential clients and customers. So on a retail blog, what we do is we split up between uh, frequently asked questions and some case updates. So um, it's really taking the opportunity to take your practice area, break it down into very simple forms, um, you know, in simple pieces, and every week explaining to potential customers and clients what different things mean, what different things are. Um, Nowadays, anyone can go to the you know the Wheaton Public Library, for example, and hop on Westlaw and pull up all the cases and find all the the law that's out there. But they really need their attorneys to help negotiate uh, the justice system and negotiate the laws in the courthouses. So, um, you know, we suggest that give people a little bit of the information of what your practice area is about. Um, you know, when most clients walk away from a law firm meeting they say, yes, I understood everything you said, but the reality is many of them do not. So it would be helpful for them to be able to go home afterwards and then go to your website, find a link to your blog, and understand really what you mean about the level of the playing field statute and what interim uh, attorney's fees and you know means <laughs> what that really is because not everyone understands. So, um, so it's a good thing. So the plant a blog, grow your firm. Um, another reason that blogs really do contribute to growth is because of the search engine optimization. Again, when you are submitting 250 words every uh, every week, that's a lot for the search engines to crawl, and they're seeing where it's coming from. So it's really good for search engine optimization. Um, again, SEO is different from uh, SEM. Uh, SEO is this, the organic results, the, the results that appear on a Google uh, or Yahoo or Bing search that appear in the white. And again, search engine marketing is all the sponsored links on the top and the right column of the page. So again, planting a grog, a grog, plant the blog, grow the firm. Um, I, I, I like our catchy titles. We, we're trying to be, uh, you know, try to bring some, some, um, you know, humor, I suppose, to, uh, you know, law firm marketing and law practice management, which is not 
inherently the sexiest topic uh, anyone's ever talked about. So um, when we can't, you know, an example, I told one of my clients, is, I can make estate planning sound fun. <laughs> so we write blogs that make estate planning fun. So, um, and again, as copywriters, we control and draft all the content for our clients give them give them the uh the drafts for approval and then we publish and you know we do all we do every step of the game so um again we're that's what it is to be a full service law practice management agency it's one company we know one everything so our clients really like that so we hope you all do um the last thing that i'm going to talk about before we wrap it up for today i'm going to check for um some callers and see if we've got anyone waiting on the switch or actually we do let's bring this person in Hello, you're on the air. Caller. Hello, you're on. You're on the air. Go ahead, caller. Caller from 708 area code. You're on the air. Um, I'll go ahead and continue. Um, try calling again next time. I can't hear you, so we're having a technical difficulty. So I'm going to hop back to reciprocal referral efforts. This is our final topic on our um, on our seven our seven trends in practice management these days. Again, these are seven trends that we've written or blogged or published about during the first quarter of 2010. Um, so far, we've talked about virtual staffing and staffing choices, online presence and offline icing, value billing, consumer buying trends and expectations. Reorganizing existing marketing efforts and diversification. We talked about law firm blogging. And finally, we'll discuss reciprocal referral ethics. And the first thing I want to mention about reciprocal referrals is that many attorneys who work in uh, commercial uh, law firm settings, um, and I'll, I'll use, the, uh, I'll use the, the corporate attorney for example, um, if you are working in, in, as a corporate attorney and um, many of your clients are businesses. It, you know, there are certain times that attorneys will refer people to each other. So um, let's say uh, you're a trademark lawyer or a copywriter or a patent lawyer and you have a small business client that says, I have this invention or I have a, a slogan I want to trademark, um, but I don't know how to form a corporation. Well, I've often seen trademark attorney clients make referrals over to the um, you know the corporate and business attorneys who can help answer the questions about should I be a subchapter S should I be an LLC should I incorporate you know, what, what kind of options are there so um, I see a lot of activity in that where it seems that in years past uh, those who would call would usually get redirected to a local bar association refer attorney referral line well people are learning now that you uh, can certainly increase your business by encouraging reciprocal referrals. And I will say that while our, our show is broadcast to our nationwide audience, um, here in Illinois, and again, you'd have to check in California, New York, or D.C. what your, your current ethics rules are, um, and I have not researched this one personally on, on the reciprocal referrals, but here in Illinois, uh, reciprocal referrals are now carved out by the, uh, by the ethics rules and the, the model rules of conduct allow for, uh, you know, and there are certain, certainly limitations on there, but um, attorneys can now engage in reciprocal referral activity with other attorneys as well as non-attorneys and, and other professionals. So um, it is not improper, you, you know, it seems not improper, and again, you know, this show doesn't constitute any legal advice, but, um, you know, where a chiropractor sends everyone to, you know, 
Joe the lawyer down the street and vice versa, you know, the, the ethics rules have now carved that out. So uh, we suggest that people go and take a look at the rules and see how referral networks can work for you. So uh, again, while a lot of your marketing efforts may be directed towards um, the end client consumer, a lot of folks are uh, concentrating a lot of their efforts on sharing their practice area with uh, fellow attorneys in different uh, you know, areas and setting things up. Um, this happened recently where I was attending one of the DuPage County uh, Young Lawyer Happy Hours, and I met uh, an individual who said he was doing real estate, and uh, he had a real estate practice, but he didn't have anybody to do these bankruptcies, and he kept getting calls for bankruptcies. Well, I put him with another client who does bankruptcy work, and you know, so there's a crossover there, and you know, they, I believe that the parties, you know, we're going to talk about, you know, a referral, a great, you know, agreement, you know, I'll pay you X for, you know, percentage for referrals. Referrals, and of course there are, uh, you know, there's, that's not exactly free money, you're on the hook and there are catches to that. So, you know, look at your professional responsibility and your malpractice uh, policies to make sure that you're not violating anything uh, by engaging in reciprocal referral activity. But But do take a look at the option to, uh, increase your business flow by developing some solid relationships with other attorneys in the area or who you know who can give you business. Um, and again, this doesn't have to be just down the street. You could find people across the country. Um, if you're in a, if a practice area that has some sort of, um, you know, federal aspect to it, um, or it's, let's say it's ad copy review and you're, you know, reviewing advertising copy for, um, you know, PR agencies, you know, that attorney could be, you know, almost anywhere. Um, so, you know, I've seen a lot of a lot of law firms really increase their revenues by, um, you know, having a plan and proactively encouraging and working with reciprocal referral efforts. Um, again, it's something that's talked about, but um, not a lot of information has been published about that recently, um, but it's been in discussion. So, at any rate, I thank everybody for calling, and again, we looked at a few uh, trends that are happening uh, right now and things that have been in the news uh, in and around um, law offices and associations and online uh, you know, during first quarter of 2010. Uh, a lot of AORPRA intel comes from RSS feeds that we have and ongoing relationships with uh, other industry leaders in different uh, areas, such as you know, independent staffing people, uh, independent PR people. You know, while we are the only agency we know of that wraps it all up in one package, um, you know, we have all sorts of anchor partners that we work with and share ideas and make sure that we're not missing anything that's going on out there. So, uh, again, for for all this and more, ALRPRA is, is available to help clients nationwide. Um, our mission, again, is to help law firms in business. Spend, law firms and business patrons, rather, spend more time servicing their clients by professionally managing their production and promotional activities. Our mission's underlying values are transparency, flexibility, and humility. We are a full-service law practice management agency available nationwide when professional quality matters to your production and promotion. Thank you for uh, tuning in today, and for those of you who are listening to our, uh, our broadcast on our website as an archive. We thank you as well and encourage you to share the information with those who might find it useful. So again, thank you everyone for calling and everyone have a great day.